Tonight, um, we are going to go through social teaching and other moral topics. Um, I guess when I, when I taught morality, we would always have um, social teachings kind of at the end of the year. And I always felt like, you know, sometimes this can get a little bit academic. So towards the end, I really want to make it more personal and alive. Because again, Jesus had a preferential treatment, like um, preferential treatment or option for the poor. And so I kind of, I'm going to challenge you guys tonight to say like, there are different types of poor. A lot of times we think of just financial, um, but there are different pores that your heart might be drawn to. If you think something is not right, that could be our Lord calling you to have a preferential pr treatment for them out of social justice. Okay. All right. So let's begin tonight. Um, but before we even like get into it, we have to say um, we not clicking there. There we go. We have to separate things from like political platforms. Um, Catholics are neither like, you know, you can put us in like political groups in America. Sure, you can do that, but um, but it's not it's not fair. It's not it's not all encompassing enough. And so what's going to happen is I'm going to say things like social justice, and it might cause trepidation or joy in you or something. But the first part is we just kind of have to unstick ourselves from um, being American. Like every, every country that teaches Catholic social justice has to unstick itself from whatever country's political climate is um, in the end. So I'll say some terms here or there, and it might be like, one party uses it a lot more, the other party hates it or uses it derogatory. So I'm just saying like, in a way we kind of have to be cautious of that or just aware that it might um, might be in you. Um, the main thing to remember is that Catholic social teaching is about principles and not positions, if that makes sense. So we're not getting political, we're getting about like principles. How do I treat other people? How do I think? How do I decide what I do? So again, endorses neither side of the political because the principles, and these are the three big ones that we're gonna talk about tonight, human dignity, solidarity, and subsidiarity are often lost when when we're talking about positions. If you're this position, you can't have that or, or this or that. So um, both just terribly look over Catholic social te teaching. Um, in short, like it's really good to just kind of recognize that let's just go on both of the political parties, why you just can't, why we have to unstick ourselves. So those on the right might kind of really resonate with the fact of like, there should be free markets as quote, Pope St. Paul II, Pope St. John Paul II said, there's an important source of wealth and should be viewed carefully and favorably. And, you know, they might get comfort from that. And so there's, there's like a, yes, Catholic social teaching, um, but then they might forget about some of the some of the drawbacks, like um, unbridled consumerism is just that that desire to I just want to buy and kind of just, yeah, consume. So it, it, it's like the temperance is not there. Uh, improper business activities, like how you should really treat uh, your workers and how workers should treat their bosses. Like there is a two way street there. And the fact that their brothers and sisters are in dire economic status, 
sometimes people like in um, who latch on a free market alone might um, forget the forget the fact of like there are people who are in dire need. Um, yeah, and might need generosity from your end. Anyway, so and then individuals who would consider themselves on the left might focus principally on solidarity and the church's endorsement for endorsement for preferential option for the poor. So people might then just kind of latch onto the fact of like, yes, everything for the poor, just like, but you forget the fact that there is a teaching of like, you still need economic stability and you still need right, healthy economic practices. You can't just like destroy everything just for option of the poor. So hopefully I, I kind of, uh, if you were maybe a little perturbed at this introduction, that might be okay. Cause if everyone's unhappy, then I think I did something right. Um, so, I mean, that's politics, right? If, if, if I made everyone just a little irked off, then it's like, oh, I did it right. Um, that, that might be kind of a, a, a way to look at it. So hopefully in short, Pope Benedict XVI, he puts it best, best. Both sides often fail to implement Catholic social teaching throughout their lives, um, and both run the risk of forgetting a key message of Catholic social teaching. It is clear that no economic, social, or political project can replace the gift of self to another. He who does not give God gives too little. I think a lot of times we place our salvation in programs and governments and political leaders, and we kind of forget the fact that in the end, our savior is Jesus, not this political thing, not that political thing. So just be careful. Um, we feed the poor in order to fill the belly, give them a safe space, and then, then they can hear and think about God. Because before that, they're just worried about where's my next meal come from. So if you can physically feel, feed them, then you can spiritually as well. So in short, hopefully that wasn't too alienating. Anyway, so hopefully that, that kind of made sense a little bit. Um, great. So let's just kind of get into it. I already talked about that. Um, so... What we're going to talk about, it, it involves everything. It involves poverty and wealth, economics, social organizations, and the roles and responsibilities of governing bodies. And so that's why it might feel a little bit more dry, but I hope your questions are coming in too. And if we get derailed with other questions, remember that QR code at the top. Totally fine by me as well. Um, but again, as I kind of said, we're not looking for Catholicism to say like, well, what's the program we should have to feed the poor? The main point is like, can we empower each person individually to look and, and help the poor that you are most called to help? Everyone has a cause that they feel drawn toward. And, and a lot of times they think it's just like, we'll give money to the poor but it could be deeper than that, okay? So we just wanna help guide you on decisions from everything on how to help the poor, to how to be a good boss, to how to be a good employee. Like, this is how do, how do we interact with each other, okay? Um, so the first part is human, human dignity. So I'll go through human dignity and then we'll, we'll take a short break here, I think. Um, 
So the first part of human dignity, and this might seem very um, straightforward to you guys, but you you need to be able to explain this to other people, I would say. Um, human dignity is, is just, just this ability to view the fact that a human life deserves my respect, regardless of what they have. Human life deserves my respect, no matter what their situation, where they're from, their development stage in life, okay? The foundation for human dignity first comes, I mean, literally from the Bible. The prophets are calling the Israelites to take care of the poor, um, widows, alien in their midst. And then Jesus very clearly teaches the responsibility for that. And then after Jesus has died and risen from the dead, the apostles make every effort to do that. Um, so this is going to look like a wall of text, but I'll summarize, okay? This is um, the sheep and the goats. I don't know if you know this scriptural part. Like Jesus talks about separating the sheep and the goats, okay? Um, he talks about at the end of life, and again, this is a wall of text, so I'm just going to summarize. At the end of life, people, everyone is going to be gathered to him, and he is going to separate them. And on one side, he is going to say to the sheep, he said, you know, sheep, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. I needed clothing. I was sick. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous, those, those good ones will say, Lord, when did we see this? When did we see you hungry or lonely or naked? And when did we see you? And then he said, and then he said, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So that's on the righteous. And then very quickly on in the unrighteous side, same thing. I was hungry. You gave me nothing. Thirsty. You gave me nothing. I was an, I was a foreigner. You, you gave me no comfort. I was in prison. You didn't do anything for me. And then they'll say, like, when did we do this? We didn't see you specifically. He said, whatever you did to the least of your brethren, you did to me. Okay, now go away to eternal punishment, but then the righteous would go to eternal life or eternal reward. The main thrust of that is there's, it feels like a stern teaching, but what can be helpful is sometimes when you look at someone and you find them either disgusting or lower than you or not worth it, the more you can kind of change your lens or your focus into as if this was Jesus himself. And I know it sounds simple and sounds easy, but I would say I had this trouble. I had this trouble. Um, I, I, wor I worked, I had no experience working with the poor. And then in seminary was the first time in my life where we were asked to go um, to a homeless shelter and that that was that was eye opening. What it took was, I think, sitting down and sitting down and talking. Sometimes with homeless shelters, you just dole out food from behind a counter. Um, but what the person who was running the kitchen said is like, "Go go sit and talk with that guy specifically." I was like. Well, who is he? And the the leader was like, well, I don't know. You go find out. So, um, 
So I sat down, found out, um, so he was homeless. He was in his mid-50s, originally from Hawaii. Um, but he's camped. He's, he's camped for the last 10 years of his life in Maryland. It gets cold in Maryland in the winter. And what I finally saw was a person to converse with rather than someone kind of on the other side of a counter. And I, and I think that was the first time that I actually applied the principle of human dignity to someone that I didn't know. But it took one conversation. It kind of broke through that barrier. So what helped then was our seminaries on the East Coast. And then that spurred me on to like, you know, when you walk down Washington, D.C., and they're like, you know, someone was homeless and, hey, I'm hungry. I thought of that 55-year-old from Hawaii. And then just was like, hey, can we go in here in the subway and buy buy you a sandwich? Um, so if you don't have this yet, if you don't have the ability to kind of see like a person and, and you might have that knee jerk reaction of just like, what do they do to get here? The, the guy from Hawaii was literally like he just went through a little scrape like we all do in life and he didn't have family and without family to give him one month's rent. He got behind and when he got behind, he got evicted and he was working the whole time. That was the, the thing to me, like he was working, but in DC, like that's, um, he couldn't afford it anyway. So that helped me. So if you need kind of, um, an encounter with human dignity as if to start to see Jesus in the people that you, that you meet, I would say, just start a conversation best you can. Um, yeah. So the person who did this the best, um, we'll, we'll get to it a little bit, I guess, but the word that the church uses is amago dei, which is, uh, the image of God image and likeness of God. Humans were designed to have relationship and that's why they deserve a little bit more. I mean, they deserve dignity no matter their state in life. Um, you don't earn human dignity. You don't lose it if you become homeless or, you know, say you're sick or unconscious. You never lose it. You don't earn it. But just treating human life, no matter the stages of development, skills or disabilities. Um, Dorothy Day was kind of, um, she was kind of spicy, I guess. Um, she was just very called things out very plainly, um, pretty aggressive back in her day. Um, but yeah, one of her quote, those who cannot see Christ in the poor are atheists indeed. So she was again pretty spicy and pretty challenging as a person. But um, sometimes you need those people who call it out like it is, right? That was kind of Dorothy Day to some degree. Okay. But again, anyway, the, the person who, who did it the best was Mother Teresa. Um, so she was born in 1910. So I don't know if um, she was kind of maybe the most famous Catholic in the world, I would say, um, you know, even jokes, I was rewatching like a 90s sitcom and I'm no mother Teresa. It's like, okay. Um, so mother Teresa was probably the best example of how to see Christ in the poor. Um, the way she started was she was with, um, you know, with an order of, of sisters and she got permission to kind of live outside the convent. And um, in her memoirs, it was like the first person she had an apartment, like this one room apartment. And the how she got her start was there was someone dying in the gutter 
outside of her apartment. Um, her sores had fleas in it. Um, the dogs were bugging, just individual, couldn't fight off the dogs anymore. And so what she did was she lugged this guy up and gave her, gave, gave the guy her bed. So cleaned her wound, cleaned his wounds, um, fed him if he could eat, and then helped that guy have a, a death where someone was holding, holding his hand. So that was her start, was just giving someone a human death. And so for especially like hospice care workers, God bless you, um, it's, it was such a start, but that start led to being one of the most famous humanitarians on earth. And I don't know about you, but just like bringing someone into my bed, <laughs> cleaning them up, and then they die, and then it's like, okay, where's the next person to do this for? But that's just what she did, one at a time. That's how she got her start. Other people saw this, and it's like, I want to join this too. The main thing for her was she didn't serve the poor, like, from behind the counter. She gave them dignity. Her, her main point was dignity, and I think that should be the main point for Catholic social teaching is how do I give someone dignity? Um, it's not just social work. She, quote, did it for someone, not something. Um, and I'll kind of, uh, I'll get to this quote later of hers, but, um, but yeah, we'll get there with all those things. Okay. All right. So we'll take a short break. Um, if you have any questions, put them in. I know this is a little maybe different format from last time I taught, which was what are sacraments, but um, go ahead, take a break. Um, get some sweets. I don't know if there are sweets. What are the sweets, Rosie? Cookies, nice coffee. All right, go get something. 